What's up, buddies? My name's Ty Richardson. This is the Morning Fast Break. Coming up, Bobby Regan joins me with Barstool Sports. We're going to touch on the NBA draft, what transpired in the NBA Finals, and hit on a little college basketball notes before we end the interview. Let's go. Shot clock at five. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. That's the same spot we had it in game three last year. All right, Bobby Regan covering college basketball in the NBA for Barstool Sports, my guest this morning. Uh, so we've got the draft coming up, June 21st. Everyone's going to be curious about these lottery picks. Who is the guy outside of the lottery that you're most interested to see where he lands? Um, Man, there's a lot of options. Like After the lottery, it's really interesting. When you look at guys like Mitchell Robinson and Anthony Simons, who didn't play in – college obviously for two different reasons where do they go you know we don't know I I shouldn't say we the casual fan doesn't know a lot about them where do they end up what about a guy like Dante DiVincenzo who's been a riser late what about a guy like Jalen Brunson national player of the year there's a lot of guys outside of the lottery that you can tell me go anywhere from 20 to 45 and I won't be surprised I can't see DeAndre Aiden going anywhere besides number one overall. Is that the easiest bet of the draft? Um, it's up there. It's up there for sure. I still think there's a chance that Doncic could go number one just because of the ties to uh, Igor Kokosov. Uh, obviously, Kokosov coached him at, with the uh, Slovenian national team, so there is, there is that tie there. You know, to me, it's a no-brainer though. Like I would take Aiden number one and not even think about it, especially because the Suns have picked number 16, where they could take a wing there. You could take, like, Isaiah Smith or Lonnie Walker, if he falls, whoever there at, at number 16. It's up there for what I think should be an easy call. Bobby, is there a guy on the board that you see with major red flags that you wouldn't want to select on draft night? Um, no, I wouldn't say there's a guy with major red flags. Um. I'm anxious to hear the medical reports for Michael Porter Jr. I mm-hmm. think that's the one that everyone's kind of looking at. Uh, but in terms of like the top tier guys, everyone has some, at least one red flag, and, and I don't think any of the you know top fifteen guys, let's say, have a red flag that's severe enough for me just to completely pass up pass up on them. See, I'm always worrisome about drafting previously injured players. I mean, Sam Bowie and uh, Greg Oden are like major examples of really talented players that were just hindered by injuries. But it is Porter. Are you sold on Porter? What you've seen, despite him him having that back injury and him possibly not being the same player we saw in high school. Yeah, if he's healthy, he's a top four player in this draft. Again, okay. if if he's healthy, if he's not healthy, then man, I don't know. Like, I don't know where he falls. Um, that's why I think he's kind of the most intriguing player out there. But I mean, I, I love what, he fits the modern day NBA so well, right? He has good size at six ten, can handle the ball, can kind of create his own shot, protect the rim, is a good rebounder. Like, he's what you want in that stretch position. That if he's healthy, I don't understand how he's not in the conversation for a top three, top four pick. If you're a GM with these health concerns, do you take a chance on him? Yeah, because here's the thing. 
a team is like they're getting the full medical report, right? It's not mm-hmm. like they're taking a blind chance on them. Whereas some of us are, you know, we're not getting the same reports that GMs are getting, and, and <laughs> you know, you're hearing stuff. So if you're a GM and you're taking them high, you went through a pretty rigorous uh, medical report in figuring out, okay, how serious is this back thing? Is it going to linger? Where is he at currently? So it's, I wouldn't call it a risk if you take him um, because they are, you know, they're doing their research. Yeah, extensive at that, like you mentioned. Kevin Durant came out the other day with ESPN Chris Haynes and mentioned that he might retire at 35, which shocked many, including me. Do you think that's actually a realistic thing that came out of his mouth? Yeah, I don't think it's completely unrealistic. I mean, he's been playing since, what, 19, 20 years old or so? Um, so, I mean, you're looking at a, what, 16-year career, something like that. So it's uh, it's not unfathomable to think that he is going to retire at 35. That's kind of when his next contract will be up. Um, and Durant's a different dude, man. Like, he's he's interested in things like uh, entrepreneurship. He wants, like, he's talked about being out in Golden State and getting into Silicon Valley and things like that. So I'm not going to... I don't think it's unrealistic to think that this next contract he signs is going to be his last one. He's 29, and he's he's going to opt out of this one. So, what do you, what kind of deal do you think he signs with Golden State? Because there's already been talks that Draymond is not going to sign an extension. I mean, Draymond's going to get the max, especially if this is, is truly is his last contract. He's going to get as much money as possible. He already took a pay cut, um, so <laughs> he's going to get you know he's going to get whatever he wants and. I think you see him kind of go up for one of the uh, one of the one of the major uh, you know max contracts. Yeah, the, Bob Myers came out and said we'll give him whatever he wants, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, so, it, yeah. <laughs> so I want to I want to get into the Warriors a little bit. Dynasties often break down because of chemistry issues. We saw we saw what Sean Livingston and David West both said in the aftermath of them winning the finals. What do you, uh, I know it's all conjecture at this point, but Bobby, what do you think they were talking about during the season that the stuff that never came out? I don't know. Like, I don't want to speculate because I, I literally have no idea. I mean, it could be things from, um, you know, the, the injuries with Steph and, and you know, and, and, and Iguodala late in the season. It could be, um, you know, it could have been something where maybe there was a dispute over, uh, or an argument over play calling or or strategy. I, I don't know. Like I, I honestly, I, I've thought about it. And I I just don't know. And they're not really giving us any clues about what it could be. Um, maybe someone was. Maybe there are trade rumors that we didn't hear, or or something like that that upset somebody or a group of people. That uh, it, it's gonna be one of those things we'll never know. And uh, I, I honestly couldn't even try to guess about what's the most likely uh, scenario about what the, you know, kind of the, the locker room problems to lack of a better word kind of were for the, the Warriors this season. I can't remember. So we had uh, we had Chris Stone and J.D. Bunkus on our show on Saturday, and I can't remember which one of them said this, but one of them believes that Kevin Durant has a possibility of maybe signing a year or two more with the Warriors and then eventually going to do his own thing and, and going away and trying to win a championship uh, somewhere else. Could you foresee that happening? I wouldn't 
rule it out. I think it's a possibility. Durant's okay. kind of in a weird situation in Golden State. Like, it's not his team. Whenever things go wrong, he's kind of the first one that gets blamed. Whenever things go right, it's well, they should be because it's Kevin Durant. Um, so, you know, he's not he's not beloved by the Warriors crowd like Clay and Steph are. Um, and that's fine. Like, you know, Clay and Steph were the guys that were drafted by Golden State and kind of came up through there. Um, so that's going to happen. But I wouldn't rule out maybe him going somewhere else. Right off the bat, I just don't know where. JaVale McGee, Nick Young, J.R. Smith are now all NBA champions. What are your thoughts on those three? I mean, good for them. They <laughs> look out there different ways. Like, and the thing is, they all can they all contribute in some way during their runs to the championship. Like, JaVale McGee was really good in the NBA Finals. Nick Young played well in the playoffs. Uh, J.R. Smith, during the Cavs title year, played well in the playoffs. Like, Kind of crazy to think that those three guys all contributed in order to, you know, win a title. So good for them. They deserve to, you know, they deserve to be they deserve to be champions. There was a good article that came out of the Ringer that talked about Boston potentially snagging LeBron James, and there's money issues, but with Boston having four potential first rounders next year, and then so many assets, we'll see how the Kyrie thing shakes out. But for your money, Bobby. What is the next best destination for LeBron if he wants to end his career with more championships? There's a couple different ways you could go there. Like you could say, stay in Cleveland, trade the number eight pick for something, maybe trade Kevin Love for a different, you know, different player that kind of fits that role. Um, you could say, uh, you know, you could say Philly and, and with that young core, but you know, I don't know how well he necessarily fits in there. Um, you could say go to San Antonio, could force a sign and trade to San Antonio uh, and play with Kawhi and Pop, but then you're dealing with the West. You could say go to Houston. So everything kind of could, I mean, LeBron is just so damn good that you could almost make a case for anywhere he goes, he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Like it, to me, it, a lot depends on what Cleveland's going to do this offseason. That might be the best case scenario for him to stay and win a title. Yeah, it's interesting. LeBron, the latter part of his career, has not wanted to play with younger players. And so what Kobe Altman and they decide, and they eventually decided to do with that eighth-round pick, trade it, or get a player. For, me, for my money, if I was him, I would draft Colin Sexton. Do you think that's a viable option for them at the eighth pick? If he's there, of course. I mean, viable option, sure. I'm not as high on Sexton as others. Um, okay. I'm not saying like you know, I still think he's going to be fine. I have him, I think, twelfth on my big board that I'm putting out later today. But um, it, it, again, it depends who goes in the first seven picks, right? Like, I'm not just going to make a, a universal statement and say Colin Sexton needs to be drafted eight because what if you know what if Porter falls there and checks out healthy? What if um, what if Trey Young's still there? What if uh, what if Wendell Carter's there and fits a little bit better? So I think there are a couple other picks that, that should be considered there at number eight. I'm not going to say that, you know, no matter what, they should take Colin Sexton just because I don't necessarily believe that. All right, back on this day, Steve Kerr hit the game-winning shot in game six of the 1997 finals. We know all about, hey, Stockton's going to come over, be ready. And Steve's like, I'll be ready. 
Jordan celebrated for making that play, Bobby. But LeBron is criticized for passing late in games. Why is there a different standard for them, you think? Because people are dumb. (laughs) I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to. The people that are typically hitting on LeBron are the ones that live in the 90s. I mean, I grew up watching 90s basketball. I'm old enough to remember 90s basketball. It's what what I learned. It's what I watched. I can move past it and say that 90s basketball kind of sucked in a way. Like it was not, do, we, do people really want to go back to the, to the days where games were 73, 68 in the finals? Not me. Like I don't, and people, you know, yell about, well, the defenses were so much tougher then. Was it like LeBron went up against Brian Russell? Like, is he better than LeBron going up against Kevin Durant? Like a little different here. Um, so, you know, Jordan, he's just one of those things that people just hold on and, and clutch to instead of just embracing what LeBron is and who LeBron is now. And, and it's the old, well, everything was better back in my day. And I think the other thing is people just like Jordan more than they like, um, more than they like LeBron. Yeah. And I think, well, part of that, what plays in that Riggs is the fact that there was not social media back in the day. So you didn't know about Michael's gambling problems. You didn't know about him punching Steve Kerr and Will Perdue in the face. You didn't know. And I trust me, I'm the biggest Michael Jordan fan there is. I'm reading my third Sam Smith book about him. I have posters in my room. I have no problem admitting that. But I think part of the reason there's such a, uh, like a difference between the two is there's social media about LeBron and there's not about Michael. So that it's just a completely different level. It's not a level playing field. It do. Would you right. agree with that? That's probably the biggest reason that there's such a discrepancy between the two. Yeah, I mean that plays a huge role in it too. And you know, I think people are also not giving LeBron the credit that he deserves. I mean, fair. Think about what he's he's been in the spotlight since he was what 16 years old on Sports Illustrated covers on national TV. Mm-hmm. You know, back when this was unprecedented, this was before social media, and the dude lived up to every single hype that was ever put out there about him. So which never, like, which like never happens in sports. Right, right. He's he's arguably the only person to ever do that. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, that says more about just how damn good he's been and how consistent he's been. So it's one of those like, I think people like to talk about Jordan that way because, like, like you said, there was no social media, everything like that. But people aren't willing to do the same for LeBron because of all the, you know, the, all the antics that kind of go on with him. Fair enough. So last time we talked, we, we blasted that big league guy for criticizing press defense and saying it has no, like, no realm in the world of college basketball or NBA basketball. And I saw a good thread on Twitter this morning. I'm going to tweak it a little bit. What are you most? What is your most controversial NBA opinion that others are most passionate against? Oh, um, I mean, probably the fact that I was fine with these past finals. Like, I have no problem. Interesting. Like, okay. me, Kevin Durant didn't ruin the NBA, and Cavs Warriors Part Four was completely fine. Like, I don't understand why people get upset about that. It's a best of seven series for three rounds. The best team should win the best of seven series every round. The NBA, the NBA is set up that way. Um, and, you know, you can scream about Durant ruining the NBA. Like, why? Like, super teams existed before Durant. Believe it or not, they existed before LeBron. Um, so the fact that, you know, I mean, 
Charles Barkley forced his way to Houston to join up with Drexler and Olajuwon. Yep. Why is that? I talked about the same way that we talk about Boston forming, you know, their big three, LeBron going to Miami, Durant going to Golden State, whatever. And the NBA is not ruined. Like, we saw the two best teams. I mean, the four best teams were in the, the NBA semifinals. The two best teams advanced. I, why are we upset about that? Like, why can't we just appreciate the fact that we were watching a dynasty and, and the greatest player, for my money, ever going against each other in the NBA Finals where we romanticize Lakers-Celtics in the 80s? Like, why is this not romanticized the same way that Lakers-Celtics were? Could you compare it a little bit to the national championship in basketball where Villanova just kind of ran over Michigan? Where I was like, I was fine with that because I loved watching Villanova play all year and I thought they were the, the national champion. Uh, did you have a problem with the ending of the national championship in the college game? No, because Villanova was the best team in the country. Like, I always talk about that with the NCAA tournament where the NCAA tournament is an awesome event. It's the worst way to determine a champion um, or the worst way to determine, like, you know, who's the best team? Who's the best you know, team? Like, yeah. Because it rarely ever happens. Because it's a one-game event, you know, and, and we've seen it. One game, anything can happen. Villanova was, the, especially when healthy, was the best team in the country. And I, I don't know how close it was. Like, when you look at their numbers at, at full strength, I mean, it's a, that's a historic team. So the fact that they won is something like, I always say, Give me a final four of, you know, four of the top 15, 20 teams and give me a championship game between two of the top 15 teams. And, and it works out okay. I don't want upsets in the Sweet 16. Like, upsets are fun in the first round. There's a reason ratings go down when a semifinal is Butler versus VCU. <laughs> That's that's fair enough. All right, let's, uh, Riggs, let's get into a couple fun questions before we go. World Cup's coming up. And actually announced this morning that the North and North America is getting it in 2026. Since the United States isn't involved, are you going to watch it this year? Yeah, like I'm a soccer fan. I played soccer my entire life, um, so I, you know, I have no problem watching watching the World Cup. Um, I mean, it does suck that the United States isn't in it. One of my favorite things is you know going to the bar during U.S. games because it's always rowdy. It's always a good time, but. I can sit there. I'll find a team to, to root for based on whoever I put money on and then go from <laughs> there. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those, like, hey, it's, it's daytime sports. There's nothing better than daytime sports. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So you talk, you talk about putting money on I haven't asked you this question. What do you think about the Supreme Court legalizing gambling in the United States? It's about time. <laughs> I don't know what took so long. I mean, it's, it, it just makes sense from, a, from every standpoint. Yeah, it was only a matter of time. All right, last question before I let you go. I've seen videos of Big Cat playing basketball. Poor noise jumpers trash. Who's the best pickup basketball player that works at Barstool? So can we rule out Kaminsky? Because yeah, that's okay. That's fair. Within Barstool, because he would probably win. Um, that's fair. No, no professional athletes. I'm trying to think if there's a former professional basketball player that you guys do it with. Uh, I, I, I mean, your your partner would have a pretty good say in who's the best. But rule out the college and professional guys. Who's just the the average Joe that's the best at barstool? Me. <laughs> like, I'm one of the few ones that actually played basketball throughout my entire life and had a chance to play in college. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take myself. 
All right, fair enough, fair enough. Bobby Regan covering college basketball, the NBA, and the NBA draft for Barstool Sports. Man, thanks for the time this morning. I, I love the answer at the end. You gotta, you gotta be confident in your basketball game. <laughs> no problem, man. Have a good one. Love the confidence from Reeks to the way he ended the interview. I thought that was great. And I, I liked his controversial thing about the NBA that he enjoyed how the way the finals ended. And I know that Golden State's the best team, but I, I definitely don't agree that I like the way it ended. I'm always for a six or seven game series in the finals, but I can understand his point of view. Ending the show today with a Larry Brown quote, it's failure does not come from losing, but from not trying. Talk to you tomorrow.